the Art of Leadership Network. Hey leaders, welcome to the Lead Culture Podcast, part of the Art of Leadership Network. I'm your host, Jenny Katrin. Each week, I'll be your guide as we explore powerful insights and practical strategies to equip you with the tools you need to lead with clarity and confidence and build a thriving team. My mission is to be your trusted coach, empowering you to master the art of self-leadership so you'll learn to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. Each week, we'll take a deep dive on a leadership or a culture topic. We'll hear stories from amazing guests and leaders like you who are committed to leading well. So let's get started on this leadership journey together. Friends, today my guest is Mike Foster. Mike Foster is a best-selling author, speaker, and executive coach. His new book, The Seven Primal Questions, is a revolutionary new framework for accelerating personal and professional growth. Mike's work has been featured in the New York Times, GQ Magazine, and on GMA. Mike is one of those leaders who I have admired and respected and been acquainted with for a number of years. And I deeply respect his thoughtfulness, his intentionality. And as we dive into the primal question topic today, you are going to see why we resonate so much um, and share so much just shared passion around the importance of self-leadership. You hear me say all the time, lead yourself well to lead others better. And that is what Mike's work does, is he really equips us with these primal questions that help us really dig into what are those gifts, what are those vulnerabilities, how to get clearer about how we've been wired and how we're gifted so we better understand how we show up. So here's my conversation with Mike Foster. Mike, I am so thrilled that you're joining us for the podcast today. This is so overdue. We said that before we started recording, but I'm like, you're one of those leaders that I'm like, I, we have so much in common in the things we value from a leadership perspective. And we have so many mutual friends. And yet I think we've connected in a few green rooms pre-COVID and that's the extent of it. Fair enough. That is such a, it, it, I mean, shame on us for... <laughs> for just our lack of time together over the years, but I'm so glad we get to do this now. And um, it's way overdue. It's way overdue. You know, I was thinking as we were gearing up for this episode and I thought, you know, when I think about Mike Foster and because we, again, we have so many mutual friends and when I talk to people who have connected with you, what I hear from them all the time is just what a true friend you are. And also just how thoughtful, engaged, uh, and and a good listener you are to people. So I don't know if that feels feels accurate, but that's what I hear from people is that just their deep respect for you and how much they feel seen and heard by you. And mm-hmm. I bet that's probably a uh, a thread that runs through your work uh, over over time. Is that fair? Very very much so. I mean, I think. Uh... I find people to be incredibly fascinating and interesting and 
their stories, especially their stories of overcoming challenges and setbacks and um, struggles. And so I, I think I'm, I'm a, I'm a person who's deeply curious about the human condition. Mm. So that I think that primes me to be a good listener and to take good notes as I'm going along and, and just pay attention to what people are navigating. And, and I, I actually do believe, uh, in the possibility of people. And so um, I'm, I'm interested in figuring out how to help people thrive more than just survive, but really thrive and flourish in their lives. And so, um, yeah, I think I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good listener. I think that's all part of kind of what I believe is, is, uh, uh, possible for people. I love that. I love that. So just to give our listeners a little backstory, tell us, a little, we're going to talk today about your new book, which I'm really excited about. But I'd love for you to give everybody a little bit of your backstory, some of your your career history or journey. What's that looked like for you? Yeah, so I've kind of, you know, in terms of my history, have I've been bivocational for a lot of my life where I've kind of done ministry stuff, but then also business stuff. Usually the business stuff was paying for the ministry stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And uh, but 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 at the core, I have just always been trying to. Uh, improve things around me, whether it's uh, a client's condition. I I, I spend a lot of my week uh, as an executive coach working with leaders and uh, pastors and nonprofit leaders and people who are just trying to make a dent in the universe, working with folks like that. You know, I write uh, books, I do workshops, I speak, but all of it's kind of the same thing is just helping people get clear on what they want for their life, understanding their gifts, understanding their vulnerabilities, and um, really hopefully empowering people to live their best life. And I think I've been doing, I've been doing that for 20 plus years in all different contexts and all yeah. different ways, Yep. but that's at the core of what I'm doing. Yeah, I love that. Um, one of the things that I have, uh, quotes that I've heard from you that I just really love and appreciate is you say the relationship you have with yourself sets the standard for every other relationship you will have. And so I'd love for you to just talk about that a little bit. Why is that? And how have you seen it play out in your own life and in the leaders you coach? Yeah, well, I think I know this is true for my own life. And I know, and I, it is true for my clients and the people that I, I coach is that what I believe about myself sets the tone and the pace for everything. So I can see myself through a lens of my brokenness, my my failures, my mistakes, my weaknesses, my limitations. I certainly could see Mike Foster through that lens. And then I'm going to choose things, choose opportunities, relationships, what I do with my time based on that perception through through the lens of my my weaknesses or my my negatives. But then I also believe that if I actually understood my strengths and my gifts and actually my my superpowers in the world, um, that's going to create a different, those are going to create different outcomes and different choices and a different way of engaging in my marriage with the, my team, with mm -hmm. you know, people in my neighborhood. And so like we, we can never get beyond uh, fundamentally that the identity that we have and how we see that identity. And so much of my work, Jenny, is just, just helping people see clearly who they are because what mm -hmm. has happened for most of us is trauma, pain, sometimes our family of origin messaging 
messaging has put a certain label or a certain put us in a certain context around who we are that yeah. fundamentally is not true. Sure. And so we I, I do a lot of work like let's move from this island of shame and weakness and all the things that you've done wrong and all your limitations and all those things that your parents said you couldn't do and why you were a bad person, whatever. Right. And we're just going to move you to a different location. And what's interesting is I'm the same person. I, I am. I am literally, I'm the same person, but yeah. how I see myself has changed. And it just gives me a whole new set of opportunities and a whole new way of engaging life. Wow. Yeah. Mike, I'd be curious, do you find with leaders, so a lot of a lot of our listeners will be pretty uh, accomplished leaders who have, you know, are, are you know, like, have, have give, been given a lot of responsibility. And so, and I, I'm probably projecting a little bit myself in that I was so focused on the things I wanted to accomplish and the things I wanted to do and just, you know, um, the goals in mind that I had, I was kind of blind or ignoring some of the self-awareness work, the self-leadership work. Do you find that with a lot of leaders or is it is it kind of varied? How how many people are willing to do the work? I think is probably the, the better question. <laughs> well, the, there is great resistance to the work. It's hard and work, it's, isn't it? It's hard work. And that's the that's the reality of this. It's like, uh, do I want to go, you know, lay out by the pool or do I want to go to therapy? Well, I'd probably <laughs> rather lay out by the pool. But <laughs> right. Um, and you know, for a lot of us, we have become so gifted and skilled of compartmentalizing our pain, there, compartmentalizing yeah. things that we don't want to look at and have set them over here off to the side. And, you know, my whole work with people is saying, hey, um, you're carrying stuff. OK, it is there and it comes mm-hmm. out in some form or another. That's right. And if you want to be a good leader, you better be emotionally aware. You better be emotionally smart. Uh, you know, one of the things when I'm working with leaders, I tell them the most important project that you will lead this year at your company is yourself. Yes. Okay? Yep. And if you're not self-aware, if you're not doing the hard work of looking under uh, the hood in terms of your inner world and your triggers and your pain and how certain beliefs and uh, labels from your your past are in, impacting your leadership, then you're you're going to struggle as a leader. But if you can bring that into kind of the openness, put it on the table, mm-hmm. understand it, be able to talk about it, put it in a healthier place, you're going to be winning as a leader. Yeah, that's powerful. Okay, so you your new book is called The Seven Primal Questions: Take Control of the Hidden Forces That Drive You. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming much of what you've already shared has probably informed these questions, but I'd love for you to tell us how you arrived at the questions. And then I'm, we're not going to be able to get to all seven of them because we're all going to go get the book so we can get to all seven of them. But, um, but I'll have you, I'll have you kind of share a few of those, but I'd love to know the backstory of getting to those seven questions and that being, you know, kind of the, the substance of the book. Yeah. So I've written a few books in my lifetime and this is the first book where I did over four years, almost five years of research, 6,000 hours of one-on-one interviews, Wow! Uh, 22 group labs to formulate the model of the, the seven primal questions. Mm-hmm. And basically it is a question that gets imprinted in our early childhood uh, that 
comes from either pain or confusion or trauma that we then carry into our adult lives. And we keep asking it over, this question mm-hmm. over and over again, subconsciously, and not we're not aware of this question, but we ask it. And when we get a yes to the question, our life is good and grounded. But when we get a no to the question, we go into what I write about in the book, I, I call the scramble. The scramble is like all the ways that we try to force the answer back to a yes. Mm-hmm. Codependency, people pleasing, overworking, performance addiction, uh, all kinds of hyper control, hyper vigilance, all these things that we try to do to okay. take control of the situation to get our primal question answered with a yes. And really, what the primal question is at its kind of core is it's our highest emotional need as an individual. Uh, and when our highest emotional need is not met, we get that no to that primal question. We're not our best selves. Mm-hmm. We we are, it's like somebody comes and shakes our snow globe. Mm-hmm. And so like, if we want to be healthy leaders, we want to be healthy parents, we want to be in, in healthy relationships and our marriages, we have to understand what we have to be able to name it, understand that emotional need, what triggers that emotional need, how that emotional need drives almost everything in your life. And that's what I'm hoping to do with the book and the assessment that we have online is have a clarity around that mm. and begin to work with it and not have it sort of control your life because it's sitting on this, under the surface and you have no idea how it's it's basically the command center of your life. Wow. Okay. Will you give us an example of one of those and kind of play that out for us, you know, of like how to wrestle through that question and the triggers and things. I'd love, I'd love for you just to deep dive on one of the questions that you probably hear the most from leader or one of the ones maybe leaders um, need to wrestle with the most. We probably need to wrestle with all seven, but I'll have you pick one. (laughs) Well, yeah, they're all seven are are definitely all seven represent uh, human beings' highest emotional needs. But there's one question, which is the primal question, which is going to drive our life. Okay. So let me give you an example. Like question number one, and this is my question. Uh, my question is, am I safe? Mm. Okay. That's my primal question. And that got imprinted in my early childhood because of abuse that happened and trauma that happened in my life. I didn't feel protected. I didn't feel safe. And so as a child, basically, I am, I'm wondering, I'm asking the question, am I safe? And the mm-hmm. answer was no. And so I then figured out all the ways for Mike Foster to uh, secure his safety. Okay? Sure. Sure. And then I, I grew up to be an adult and I'm subconsciously asking this question, am I safe? Am I safe? So naturally this is going to inform the type of risks I take. I go, I'll give you an example of how this played out in my leadership for many years, almost like 10, 15 years I did everything in partnership. Okay? Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, why did I do that? Because and, and when I was in part of a partnership, I'd always put the other partner out in front. Like he was more dominant. He was more, he was the real leader, even though it could have been my idea. I brought everything to the table, but I'm putting this other person out in front of me. But what I came to understand is this was a safety mechanism for me. Yeah. He, I was protected because there was this other individual that could take the criticism or take the, 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 you know, handle the problems. And I just had to sort of sit behind him. But what I came to realize is 
this wasn't a good model for me, like for my own safety. Like I, I it didn't, it didn't guarantee safety. It actually created more problems to be honest, because partnerships are <laughs> partnerships hard. Partnerships right? are hard. Yes, for yeah. sure. For so, sure. but to be aware of that is very really helpful. So when I'm choosing, you know, structures for my leadership now, I don't have, I don't have to ask the question, am I safe? Mm. What I talk about in the book is that the prescription for our primal question is living in our primal truth, where we take the question and turn it into a statement. So Mm. for me to show up as the best leader now and make the best choices, I don't live, I don't ask the question, am I safe anymore? I live from the primal truth, I am safe. Uh. And then I make my choices. So the other way this plays out, is the research shows that we take our question. So take my question, am I safe? And I place that question over everybody else that I interact with. And this is what we call our primal gift. So as a leader, you want to be aware of your primal gift. So my ability, my supernatural ability is helping people feel safe. Mm. Why? Because I'm assuming, Jenny, you're asking that question right now, am I safe? Even though you might have a totally different primal question. Sure. But my interaction with you is going to be, I want to make sure I answer it with a yes, that you're safe. And this is why over my entire life, people have, after knowing me for five minutes, tell me everything. Okay. I was going to say, this is why when I opened the conversation with how our mutual friends talk about you, they're they're communicating that you make them feel safe. Exactly. Wow. And, and that's a really important thing to understand. Like the primal question is not a problem to fix. It's something to understand because within it is this really powerful understanding of yourself, but also a really powerful understanding of your gift. Mm-hmm. And so like when I think about my leadership, when I think about me being a participant in the in my team my my role here is to bring safety and protection to my team yeah okay yeah now there's other primal questions that have different primal gifts yeah okay and they bring that to the team and so we can we can look at people's um primal question and go okay uh, like one of the primal questions is am i loved mm-hmm. these are people who Again, taking their primal question, putting over everybody else, am I loved? And they're going to answer yes, yes, yes. These are the love experts. They're the empathy experts. Sure. There are caretakers that are. So like if I have somebody like that working in my organization, I want to make sure they're interacting with the public, right? I want to make oh, sure that the person at the front door, I want them on my, you know, like first impressions teams, whatever it is. It's like using that primal question gift as a way to place them in the right place in my organization. Brilliant. And so it just opens up a lot of clarity. And, you know, so so often like assessments or tools like this are, well, here's what I got to fix about myself. No, this is what you need to understand, understand. about yourself. So you can, you can just deploy that into the world uh, in its most maximum way. That's, that is powerful. And so all of us are likely to have a Uh, my primal question is probably different from yours, right? If I'm understanding that correctly, like, you know, of the, of the seven different questions, one of those is going to be more of the primal quest, the primal question for me. Yes. Correct. Yes. So how do you identify your unique primal question? Well, well, a quick plug for the assessment. The the best way is just to go to primalquestion.com. There's about a five to 
six-minute assessment, about 20 questions. And after you answer those questions, the assessment will let you know what your primal question is. And again, the primal question imprint and the reason why we have the question is based on our early childhood experiences. And so I'll give you one. One of the one of the primal questions is uh, question seven. Do I have a purpose? Mm-hmm. And this is where people's kind of highest emotional need is to have impact in the world, to make a difference in the world, to do meaningful work. This is and when they get a yes to that, they're alive. They're thriving. But when right. they're sitting in a job where they feel like they're doing meaningless work or work that's not important, that's a problem for them. And they're going to go into their scramble. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like that person on my team, I want to invite that person to all of my vision meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're going to be, they, these are our visionaries. These are our world changers. These are the people that um, probably struggle with process. Sure. And yep. the details, yeah. but they're like great big picture thinkers. But the imprint in the early childhood for, for most question sevens was they tend to grow up in religious homes. Now, why is that? Yeah. Because you're sitting in a, at a, the dinner table and mom and dad are talking about God's going to use you in a great way. You're going to have a lot of impact. You know, God's got a great plan. And there's sort of this, this, you're swimming in the water of purpose, but that can often be confusing for a child because you're like, well, how much impact is in, is enough impact that would make God happy? Right, okay? right. Wow. So, so these folks will struggle a lot with, you know, my purpose, am I doing enough? Am I in the right place? Mm-hmm. You know, there's sort of this calling angst that they are yes. always wrestling with. Okay. And, and so like for a person with this, this question, we'd say, hey, stop asking the question, do I have purpose and start living your primal truth? I have purpose. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be a stay-at-home mom. You could be leading a, a Compassion International. Your life is inherently infused with incredible purpose. And once we sort of stop asking the question, do I have a purpose? Do I have a purpose? Yeah. And living in the truth, I have purpose. The whole the whole dynamic changes. Our choices changes. We, we're no longer living in that scramble. Just like I've got to stop asking the question, am I safe? And realize right. I am safe. Yeah. And so that's the key to all of this is understanding what's underneath the water. The question is what's under, it's the thing underneath thing that drives everything. Yeah. And once you understand it, you'll understand your triggers, but you'll also understand your superpower. Oh, wow. Okay. Can you give us one more? I want to hear one more question and a little like overview of it like that. Yeah. Well, I'll give you one um, from, from Bob Goff. And a lot of you probably know Bob. Bob's primal question is, am I wanted? And oh. Bob has shared openly about this question where face a lot of rejection and abandonment in his uh, early childhood. His parents just didn't understand him. It was too quirky or weird or I don't know, whatever this, but there was a lot of rejection in Bob's life. And so now Bob grows up and he's got this question that he's carrying, am I wanted? And one of the ways that Bob figured out how to be wanted was to be the fun guy, the the life of the party guy, right? Mm-hmm. That was a, mm-hmm. a coping mechanism that he created to get his question answered with a yes, okay? Well, if I'm the fun guy, then I'm gonna be wanted, I'm gonna be invited in. But Bob's also the guy who put his phone number in the back of his book, okay? Yep, yep. Do you think Bob did that? Because, well, let me tell you, 
because every time somebody calls Bob's cell phone number, his primal yes. question of am I wanted is answered with a yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And then Bob's primal gift, he takes his question, am I wanted, puts it on everybody else, mm -hmm. and he wants to answer it with a yes. So Bob's best friends with everybody in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Bob, Bob invites everybody over to his house. Yeah. Right? Yep. He's an inclusionary master, right? Mm -hmm. He just, everybody always, you know, it's like, yep. love does. Like, all this is about, you're my friend, you're wanted, I want you, I want to be connected to you. And so you can see that that wound from his childhood mm -hmm. creates this primal question, but it, it, it forms everything about who he is, both his weaknesses, like maybe um, Bob, you don't have to always be on, you don't always have to be the funny guy, right? Right. You can right. just be you and you'll be wanted. So letting Bob mm -hmm. kind of rest into the fact that he doesn't have to entertain everybody all the time. doesn't yeah. have to be funny all the time. Yep. And also, Bob, this gift that you have, it's amazing. And you should double down and lean into that because I don't have that gift, Jenny. Sure. sure. I, have, I have a safety gift, but mm -hmm. Bob has a belonging gift. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, thank you for sharing just a couple of those examples, because I think it's sparking the curiosity questions for the rest of us of like, okay, what is that question for me? And so that's going to instruct all of us to go check out the assessment. Will you tell us again where we can find the assessment? Yeah, it's just primalquestion.com. And you'll see it right there. There's a big old button that says take take the free assessment. And uh you know, you'll take the assessment. It takes, again, about five minutes, and there'll be a little video afterwards from me that'll explain the results of your question Perfect. and some next steps. So it's really easy and simple and a really great place to start. Mike, this is so fantastic. Thank you for your diligent work to just mine for these questions and bring the clarity to them that I know is a gift to the leaders that have already connected with these questions. And I know for all of us, as we go take the assessment and dig into dig into the work, pick up the book. Um, it's just helping us all be better leaders, leading ourselves well to lead others better. So thank you for your intentionality, doing the hard work to help lead the rest of us in it. How else uh, could leaders connect with you? Anything else that we should know how to follow you on Instagram? I was poking around on Instagram and all the video, like you've got little video vignettes of a ton of these questions. And so tell us where else to find you so we make sure we stay connected. Yeah, for sure. Instagram's my my social media platform of choice. And so uh not on Twitter too much, not on Facebook too much, but Instagram, Mike Foster 2000, the number 2000, because there's 1,999 other Mike Fosters, Mike Fosters. <laughs> on Instagram, but Mike Foster 2000. Perfect. And yeah, there uh, and then at the the website at primalquestion.com, there's lots of great videos and and you can to do a deep dive into each question. You hear people talking about their question. Um, there's a whole thing about business, how this applies to business oh, teams yeah. and how, that, how you can bring that into your organization, your leadership. And so primalquestion.com and then Mike Foster uh, 2000 on Instagram are probably the best places to connect. That's perfect. Mike, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your time with us. I'm so glad you and I got to reconnect. I know. We'll have to figure out how to do a non-podcast uh, connection. <laughs> like but catch up. Yes. Yes, I, exactly. I tell people a lot. I actually enjoy podcasting because I get to catch up with all the people that I would love to have a call with, but we just do it so everybody else can, can join along. So it's perfect. Totally. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate your Thanks, leadership. Jenny.
Friends, was I right? Like, gosh, I'm so excited to go dive into the questions to take my assessment to really figure out what that primal question is for me. And I know you're going to be eager to do that too. So make sure you go to primalquestion.com, check that out, connect more with Mike. And uh, I want to encourage you to bravely do this self-awareness work. Uh, to be emotionally aware, to be emotionally smart as a leader. It's going to serve you and it's going to serve your team. So go do that work, check out the assessment and uh, keep leading yourself well. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, let us know, connect with us on Instagram at Get Foresight, on LinkedIn at The Foresight Group. I'd love it if you would share it and if you would rate it. All of that is super helpful in continuing to do the work that we do here through the podcast. And if you're looking for more leadership resources to help you and your team thrive, go to getforesight.com. You can sign up for our weekly insights newsletter, where again, I'm just sharing the latest that I'm thinking and processing on all things leadership and culture. That's G-E-T, the number four, S-I-G-H-T.com. All right, friends. Thank you for listening today. Keep leading well, and we will see you next week.